Welcome to the Oxcala Podcast by University of Oxford South Asian Art Society. This is your host, Shishir Rao. This is episode 8, Presentation and Listening. Today we have with us Srimati Shubhangi Sakalkarji. Shubhangi Sakalkarji, or Shubhangiji, is a Hindustani classical musician and guru residing in the Bay Area, California. She is a student of Dr. Prabha Atre, as well as Srimati Padmatalwalkar. In addition, Shubhangiji leads the Intonation Foundation, founded in 2018, an organization dedicated to nurturing and preserving Hindustani classical music. Also, the Intonation Foundation is responsible for organizing and conducting the Ustad Amir Khan Music Festival. More recently, Shubhangiji has conducted advanced master class sessions for vocal students of Hindustani classical music that can be accessed on her page on Facebook as well as YouTube. And lastly, she has just released an album, Serenity, that can be found on Apple Music as well as Spotify. For more information on Srimati Shubhangi Sakulkarji, please check out her fan page on Facebook.com. In the previous episode, we discussed pace in Kayal. What is pace, first of all, starting from the very basic question, and how it's different than speed, and how kaya largely can be a part of storytelling even, and how pace has something to do even with that. When you listen to a good story or watch a good film, it's in part because it is well-paced. And then we further discussed how good stories and good films and even good speeches have a purpose and a pace to them, which is really defined. And that definition gives these mediums of art color. And in the same way, a well-defined alap, a well-defined bharat, gives color and gives life to our beautiful music, kayal. So, namaskar and welcome back, Shubhangi ji. Now, how do we take what we've learned uh, in terms of pace, uh, bharat, vistar, and storytelling, and push it out to the stage, push it out to, in other words, performance? Oh, I remember when I um, started doing concerts, I uh, um, remember very clearly that I had to set you know, one rag for 40 minutes. Mm. I decide, decided that, okay, I'm going to set it up for 40 minutes. Of course, you cannot memorize the whole rag, yeah. but yeah. then my alaps were 25 minutes, then five minutes of... Um, um, whatever bowl and tans uh, on the khayal, and then then the chota khayal with uh, two three alaps and tans, about eight minutes, so total for forty minutes. So I began to um, uh, know exactly the length of twenty five minutes. Okay, this is probably I'm yeah, this must be twenty. Slowly you understand, and that helped me so much. Now I. Usually, saying um, my first round is usually 50 minutes. Um, mm. the kaya. Um, so I know almost I know that okay, I, I'm done now. I'm done with my alaps. I'm done with my my bowl or sargam. I'm done with my tans. Uh, and it's um, very natural for me. It's not like I ended abruptly or ah. or I was dragging. I think it speaks to a great amount of. Um, understanding that you have Shubhangiji over your presentation uh, you're not you're not ending abruptly as you said but you have like this internal clock going on you, there's no timer on my watch no 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 it's just internally there's some clock going on which yeah. 
it, uh, it just keeps me calm um, during a concert. When ah. I finish one rock, I, I know exactly how I'm going to, uh, what, how much I'm going to sing, how long I'm going to sing the second rock and the bhajan. It just keeps me calm, knowing that, okay, this is going to be one hour, 15 minutes or 20 minutes. That's, That's beautiful. We talked about a couple things. We talked about controlling the layer. So there's one thing less to worry about. And time itself. So by doing all these things where you remove the, the distractions, remove the extraneous material, you are just at peace, concentrating on the vistar. Yeah, otherwise you're disturbed uh, inside and then, then you cannot do justice to the rag. Ah. If something is bothering you, you cannot um, be one with the rag. So you have to eliminate whatever things are bothering you. How do you pretend? Okay, now there's another question. Speaking of this, pretend for some reason you have you have controlled all these things, the lay time and sur and everything. Pretend something happens in the middle of your 50 minute uh, puriya, and okay, you present puriya 50 50 minutes, 55 minutes, exactly as you plan. But something bothers you, and how do you get back to that oneness? What are your strategies to? center yourself to be one with your pace again yeah i, I keep checking my my breathing if it's uh, nice and slow even in, in your thans your breathing should not get affected by your, you know, if you get too excited you lose control yeah uh, your voice and your mind especially and so uh, that's all very important. So I take breaks then. I let um, my um, accompanist play a little bit of my students. I ask them to sing mm. and breathe nicely. For singers, breathing is very, very important to have control over your breath. So yes. you have to stay calm so you can breathe properly in order to put energy in your singing. <clears throat> thank, thank you for noting this additional point. Yeah, I don't think as students we, you know, as students we learn the, the, the technique of it, right? We learn the sa, sa, shruti, we, how to stay on sur, uh, how to stay on tal. We learn all these technical aspects, but we forget some of the more uh, physical aspects of singing, which is breathing. It's. I've started this uh, um, series of, you know, masterclass series on my YouTube channel in which I cover these points. Yes. How to breathe properly while singing. While you're in your own riyas, you should uh, you have to uh, acquire all these skills. In a concert, randomly you cannot do it. You have oh. to first uh, first like do your own concerts. Yes, I have. You know, we used to live in Texas before we moved to California. I lived in Texas for five years, where I did a lot of riyas before my daughters were born. Mm. So at uh, that time, uh, I used to say, uh, first do, riyaz is different than concerts, but you have to also sing a rag. Um, like a, so I used to have this imaginary audience and, and sing a full rag. And that's how I, I developed on that, this skill. To not get disturbed, stay calm, confident. That, that's, a, that's absolutely brilliant, Shubhangiji. And, and doing this type of practice... I guess the next question is, how much of the type of thinking that one does in practice should be done on stage? What are your thoughts about generally uh, uh, discovering new things on stage and discovering new things in performance? Um, there is a very rarely I do something 
that I have not practiced. Ah, interesting. I know usually everything that uh, I think that I have practiced sometime or the other. Yes. Only lie is uh, one thing that is uh, fresh. All the note patterns, everything. I practice so much that it's exactly. Yeah, it just has to come. Whatever you have practiced, it should just come to you. Exactly. You don't plan anything, but but you have you know that oh I have I practiced it at some time. Yes. Or I sang it at that concert. It just comes. First of all, I completely agree with this philosophy that the VR should be so stable. And the and the uh, and 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 the 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 thoughts should have all happened before the stage, before the concert, such that what on happens on stage is just some organic delivery. The, the the reason I asked is is specifically because I I I was always wondering the boundary between keeping things fresh and keeping things boring, right? Lie is what what keeps everything fresh, beautiful. Because beautiful. Um, time is always new. Every moment is new. So once you have that, you know, freshness in your in your mind, in your heart, then nothing will be boring. That's 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 a great way of putting it. Yeah, there is there are some new variables, namely the leia, the the tal, and that's that's the that's the novel addition in the concert, as well as the the accompanist engaging with you, like Vivekji on harmonium engaging with the yeah. ah. That's all. That is what helps with the newness, with the freshness. Ah, okay. I like I like that very much, Shubanki Ji. Thank you. Okay, perfect. Then then we'll then we'll take it to a place that we've already kind of touched on in 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 the conversation so so far, which is how to listen. What does it mean to listen to Hindustani classical music or Indian classical music at large? What does it mean to do this? When you're a student and doing your own riyas, um, practicing a rag, and you have goals like to be a performer or or something. Then uh, I recommend not to listen to too many um, artists. That um, it just it's a um, distraction in your own sadhana. Um, but uh, if you, uh, of course, uh, there there'll be some artists that you feel connected to. Mm. You have to follow them. Who you feel if you you understand how what they think or yes. or you yes. like it. They you like the way they present. Um, you feel some connection, spiritual connection. So um, those artists, you, I listen, and um, I mean, I have listened when I was, uh, I used to practice, and and I just listen to the same recording, same rag, over and over again. Hmm. To understand their thought process, and um, I want to go back to again, Ustad Amir Khasab. Um, so he, um, his. Um, Yaman, I have listened uh, like millions of times. The same khayal uh, that I was saying, Kajera Kesi Daru, and that one. And uh, um, at a um, few years back, I um, sang, um, this was like, way back, I sang Marwa for the first time. I learned a long time ago. For, for each rag, you have to give uh, so much time. Huh. Some big you have to give like one or two years where you do nothing but only practice that rag. Yes. So Marwa, I remember practicing for one year, and um, that time I, I only listened to his uh, Piyamore Anatu. Ah. I got all the time playing in in my house. If I'm cooking, it will be in in my kitchen. Ah. It is on a um, cassette tape. Ah. I had boombox. <laughs> used to carry it everywhere. <laughs> Whatever I'm doing in it, uh, 
almost like memorized. Yeah. I'll, I'll just break down what you said just for the listeners. So when you're learning, stay away from listening. <laughs> listen, listen to your Guruji and practice what your Guruji has said. But after this initial stage of uh, concretizing the fundamentals, now start to listen and find someone you really hook on to. And that does not mean hook on to in a superficial way. For example, I feel like a lot of people are hooked on to certain people because, you know, they have uh, something, uh, fast dance, or they have just nice voice. But no, go deeper than that, you're saying. Find something spiritual even that you hook on to at a very, uh, at a very uh, fundamental level in, in yourself. I, the next question really has to do with that. Do we listen to a point where we understand, do we listen to a point where we think we understand the intuition behind the music they're doing? Is that the point we should listen to where we should be able to even predict what they're thinking? Is that is that a correct way of going about it? Yeah, little bit, but um, um, after that's the in the initial stages of listening. Uh-huh. After uh, sometimes, uh, sometime, um, then uh, you have you just relax with them, like almost like you're with them. And you, I don't now um, when Amika sab takes a long pause, I'm not wondering what he's going to say next. Exactly. I'm just enjoying that pause, you know, just just sitting there and doing nothing. Yes. That's the ultimate experience um, that you can have as a listener. Yes, absolutely. Be one with the, with the artist who is singing or, or playing. Why? Even while you're enjoying, are you learning something, Shubangiji? Yeah, uh, not um, actively. I'm not learning. Ah. Yes, it's the brain is... Um, it always absorbs. Of course, of course. I love that when it uh, just, then sometime it, it comes out in your rias and you don't even realize it. Even in the conversation we had off, off podcast, I think we discussed how you really have to keep on going after the recording and then back off. Yeah. Yeah. You listen to all these things, but you are also a musician. You also sing. So how much of whatever you listen to is coming out in your singing? Are you in control of that? In in Riyaz, yeah, many times I sing something and oh yeah, yeah, this is just I I um, see um, them there uh, them because uh, um, singing or Kumarji, Bhimsen Joshi, like oh this is uh, I like this. But for me, the prob- problem was when I started listening uh, actively and and learning from it. I used to copy a lot of phrases. I'm very good at copying. And I think you are probably <laughs> good at that too. I can copy very well. But for Ustad Amir Khan Saab, um, in my voice, it's, it never sounded good. So then I knew that uh, I, have, I cannot copy this phrase. I have to somehow um, modulate it so it sounds better in my voice. So for, for a long time, I did that. And then uh, it's uh, then it just became my style, blended with whatever um, influences I had with different artists. And um, uh, now I when I ca- come up with something, I yeah I I know that they are uh, there with me or something like that. That's beautiful, Shubangiji. I lo- and uh, you've pointed out something which is very interesting, very unique to your which I've not heard so far, but but definitely what I've heard from you, 
is you took the music, you realized that some things in the music work for you in your voice, and you realized that some things do not. And you translated what worked into something that was actually presentable by you. For the things that do not work. How do you know that your, that, that your voice is not sounding good for it? Uh, w- what does that mean? As a woman, um, I cannot produce the, the gamak in a, in a man's voice, especially uh, for uh, I feel like Ustad Amerika, who has a, a very um, a lot of bass in his voice. Mm. So then, uh, whatever he sings, it um, for Tans, uh, I loved his Tans uh, so much that I remember I, I practiced a lot to have that gamma, at least a little bit, you know, one percent of that that feel. But yes, I see what you're saying. That you had, you understood that there are some limitations, um, and you 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 worked around those limitations. You worked to do something else instead of, or you helped conquer some of the limitation as well. Um, I can give you another example. Uh, um, please, please. I love um, Kishorita's uh, music I, as a. A uh, young girl, I've, I loved her singing so much. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to um, um, go in uh, classical music. Ah, interesting. Yeah, her, um, her Bhub and Bhageshri um, recording that she had. Um, so, but then, like I said, I'm very good at copying. So uh, I just started singing exactly like her. That was uh, when, when I was young. And then I said, oh, no, this is not good. (laughs) I sound exactly like her. And uh, um, I think like her. I I was so obsessed with her uh, music. And then at one point, I decided, uh, no, I have to just uh, just stop listening because then I won't be able to uh, have my my own now. I don't even know what my own voice is like. Ah. It was so much like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I've been in the same pitfalls, but I'm curious, how did you come about figuring out what your own voice is? How did you explore that concept? Uh, it's how you pronounce your vowels. Okay. Everybody has, you know, you everybody speaks in their own way. Yes. So when your jaw is relaxed, your tongue is relaxed, you you can pronounce the vowel. Sa, if you sing, um, like, uh, for example, this part is relaxed your jaw neck everything and if you're copying someone else you you will change the way you pronounce the vowels huh. uh, or something different same thing with pa, sa, all the vowels and then practicing uh, like e how you say it a how you say it are you feeling relaxed? When you're feeling relaxed, that means your your voice is natural, your tone is your own. You're not copying anybody. But if uh, it's just ah, ah, this is the issue I put for voice the voice quality is different. And everybody has their own tone. There are cons- consonants and vowels. And music, you use more swar. Um, yes. Swar as in uh, not uh, the notes, but swar means vowels in Hindi. 
Yeah. <laughs> I completely agree, Shubhangiji. Um, a couple more questions on, on, on listening. Uh, in general, with Ustad Amir Kansai, for example, I know you're a big fan of him, and so am I. I know we're also big fans of Pandit Kumar Gandharvji. My question is, when you listen to one artist, do you listen to them differently than another artist? Yeah, my favorite artist when I listen to is like meditation for me. When I'm listening to Kumarji, it's more like I'm automatically I'm like very happy and excited. Oh, interesting. I feel, feel um, the way he feels. I can um, immediately absorb that feeling. With America Sab is more calm and uh, um, going inside. Since you value something different in Kansai and value something different in Kumarji. Mostly when I sing, um, I sing a lot of Kumarji's bandishes. Um, so before when I um, uh, used to sing his bandishes, for example, this is bandish in Bhim Palas, Java Hudesa, you'll probably know that. Java Hudesa, Dharma, Java Hudesa. So uh, this, uh, he sings very fast. Whatever I feel comfortable. And now, um, before I used to keep it exactly like how, how he would structure it, all the tan patterns. Now I uh, even do sargam in uh, like uh, because I love Ustad Amir Khan sargam. Mm. In, in his bandish also I would add sargam apagare sa java desa mapagama sargam agare sa java desa. I like it. I see. So. And you, you put it very beautifully, taking inspirations from different people and putting to, putting it together in your music. You like, you should know exactly what you like. I was just about to say that. So you put, when you listen to Kansai, you, know, you, you take your taste into account while listening to Kansai. And you, while listening to Kumarji, you take your tastes into account while listening to Kumarji. Then you have a nice filter of what to take, what to use, what to, what to help boost your own music. Mm-hmm. Uh, am, I, am I correct in saying that? It doesn't come overnight, though. It takes mm. long time. It has to finally come naturally, too. And and uh, that, that, that copycat problem is a problem as well. So uh, I, I, I understand. And and I think it's very difficult to pick up Kumarji without copying Kumarji. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's uh, that's very confusing for students because how we how if you if you Shubangiji tell me oh listen to Kumarji and learn from him the easiest solution to that problem learn from that recording is to copy the recording but the answer is not to per se copy right it's to learn something what is it to learn to to ask the question no uh, you uh, you have to know what exactly you like about that artist for. Uh, Okay. Kumarji, what do you like about him? That's like for me, it was his uh, divine sur. The so, but everybody doesn't have that that tone, that quality of voice. But you can try to have that sur. Um, um, that's what I like. Then I liked his um, mind a lot. Okay. Um, and tang. Tang that 
old school times. Yeah. So, yeah. I, okay. So I see what you're saying. So find the things that you actually like objectively from the singing and yeah. then try and try and make it your own. Try and find a home for it in your singing. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, incorporate those in, in your gaiki. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, Shubhangiji. Um, I think I think that concludes our section on um, on listening as well. Would you like to add anything before we wrap up? Would you like to have any final thoughts? Uh, one point that I can um, think of, uh, which is uh, like in your uh, journey of uh, music or, or Riyaz, uh, Riyaz years, I, uh, I, I can call it. Ah. So, process of elimination uh, is really helps. Oh. Knowing what you you don't like the rags that you don't feel connected to, or there are um, the things that don't sound good in your voice. It's very very important to like the way your voice sounds. Mm. Is uh, if that is not there, uh, it's very hard to improvise and get into the rag. So um, always check your voice if you like how how your voice sounds to you. Mm. Something doesn't sound good in your voice. Then don't don't sing that. For example, I don't I don't like khatka very much in in my voice. So I use very little of khatka. So I don't like it the way it sounds in my voice. Maybe in some other singers I love it. So I don't I don't use it. So process of elimination really helps. And on that note, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for those final concluding remarks, Shubhangiji. We've gone on quite a journey in our conversations, haven't we? We discussed pace, we discussed khayal, we discussed the narrative aspects of khayal, and now we've moved from learning how to present khayal and create within the space of khayal to listening to our beautiful form of music. And um, as we students know, listening is a core integral component of this journey in Hindustani classical music. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us on this matter. You asked such wonderful questions and <laughs> I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. And likewise, Shubhangiji, it was a proper pleasure having this deep and insightful conversation with you. So thank you so much for your time and your patience. And uh, we hope to have you back soon. This is Oxkala Podcast.